but I was young, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I was young, right? So, so, so I was, I was afraid when I was in college, right? I, I was afraid of commitment. I was afraid. It took me 15 years to, you know, get myself together, but I thank God for my wife. That is my best friend. That is my baby. Damaris, I love you. 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 But fear shapes our spectrum of living. Fear shapes our spectrum, the way that we see, the way that we live, the way that we think, our spectrum of living. So it's easy to say that the amount of fear dictates its control. Okay? The amount of fear that you have within your life dictates its control of your life. All right, so let's put it together. Fear shapes the spectrum of our living, and the amount of fear dictates its control. Okay? So, Matthew 10, verses 24 through 26. Let's turn there. Matthew 10, verses 24 through 26. Matthew 10, verses 24 through 26. It reads as thus. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is for a disciple... It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them. Therefore, do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. For title, Dear Fear. Subtitle, Fear of Man. Dear Fear. Fear shapes the spectrum of our living. Listen, listen. Henry Ford said, One of the greatest discoveries a man makes, one of his greatest surprises, is to find he can do what he was afraid he could not do. I'll read it again. One of the greatest discoveries a man makes, one of his greatest surprises, is to find he can do what he was afraid he couldn't do. Dear fear. You know, it, it, it amazes me. We, we get into this process, we get into this system of always wanting better, right? We're always wanting better. We're always consumed about the end result, right? Honestly, honestly, if you like ice cream, you don't really care about how many scoops. You just really care about consuming the ice cream. No, no, no ice cream lovers. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. If, if, if you are in school, you're not concerned about the classes. You are concerned about the graduation date. Right? 
Greg? What George at? Married? You're not concerned about? Well, now you might be concerned about the wedding, but um, but the end goal is to get married, right? I'm going somewhere. Stick with me. Stick with me. I'm going somewhere. A, a lot of times, all we focus in on is the end result. But when we focus in on the end result, we miss the majestic process. Ice cream, you miss how beautiful the ice cream is on the cone. <laughs> School, you miss the networking opportunities that you can form with study groups and those people that are in your class. You miss the networking opportunities that you can have with your professor that will really open doors along the way after you're out of college. Marriage, you miss the opportunity to truly understand your mate if you only focus in on the end result. God is always at work in the midst of the preparation. Miss Alcott said, I'm not afraid of storms, for I'm learning how to sail my ship. She says, I'm not afraid of the difficulties of life. I'm not afraid of the storms of life. I'm not afraid of people. I'm not afraid of their opinions because I'm learning how to sail my ship. Dear, fear. To fear man's opinion is to make them your God. To fear man's opinion is to make them your God. But to add balance to it, all right, because some people are like, well, I don't have to really care about what you say to me because you're not my God. But to add balance to it, to fear man's opinion is to make them your God, but to always welcome advice. Stay with me. Always welcome advice. To make man your God is to fear what they say about you, what they have to say. And in the midst of that, you erect them higher than God's truths. Man's opinion, God's truths. Which one guides your life? Dear fear, fear of man, we're talking about opinion. Have you not done something due to an opinion? Let me reword it this way. What haven't you done due to someone's opinion? What haven't you done because someone said that you could not do what haven't you done because someone said, I don't think that's a good idea. What haven't you done because you have valued someone's opinion greater than the truths that God has given to you? Dear fear, 
fear of man. So the principle is this. An opinion carries wisdom and few, but not life. An opinion carries wisdom and few, but not life. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? An opinion carries wisdom, meaning that when a person gives you their opinion, gives you their perspective, it gives insight. And you're not to fear that. When a person gives you their perspective, it gives insight. It may go against what you feel like you should do because you already have the blueprint blueprint laid out. But it's okay because it may give you something that you did not think about. An opinion carries wisdom and few, few. When someone gives you an opinion and it goes against it goes against what you think you should do, what you know you should do. It goes against and it spreads falsehoods, right? It doesn't give you truths. Then you should use that as fuel. Why sit and grapple with something that you know isn't true? Why, why get uptight? You should utilize that and say, hey, I know what God has called me to do, and this is what I'm going to do. I hear them saying I shouldn't, but I know within me I have my checks and balances, and I'm going to utilize this because they told me I can't. I'm going to prove them wrong. It carries wisdom. It carries few. If the opinion of man should, you should not fear opinion of man, then who should you fear? We're going to get into that for for a minute, but I just want to lay a little foundation because a lot of times we are facing situations in our lives that we're not moving because we are more afraid of what they have to say and what they will not do, the roadblocks that they will throw up in front of us, than trusting in on what God has said. Listen, dear fear. Fear of man. Opinion gives you wisdom. It gives you. It gives you uh, fuel, but it doesn't give you life. God is the only one that can give you life. God is the only one that can literally take nothing and make something. Look at yourselves as testimonies. You know your past history. You know where you came from. You know the things that you struggle with. You know the things that people, even yourself, said you couldn't do. And look at where you are now. So the question is, beloved, the question is now, beloved, why do we fear man's opinion? Matthew 10, 24 through 26. Matthew 10, 24 through 26. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. Uh, uh, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Back in the day, back in Jesus' day, right, to be a teacher was a highly regarded position. Okay? Back 
in the day, to be a teacher was a highly regarded position. So to be a student or to be a disciple, right, you look towards your teacher, right? Okay, so who is your standard? I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. I want you to think, who is your standard? Doing life right now while you're in school and you're dealing with the teachers, you're dealing with the um, your, your friends, you're dealing with those that may be bullies, those that may be kind of geeky and all of that good stuff. But who's your standard? While you're on your job and you're dealing with your co-workers, you're dealing with your bosses, and you're dealing with those people that are trying to take your job. Who is your standard? Oh, oh y'all, y'all ain't, ain't going to rock with me. Okay, so, so let me ask you this way, all right? Who is your standard when they are doing things to take you out of position so that they can fill your position when they are doing things to agitate you so that you can get out of character? Who do you look to? The teacher is greater than the student because the student is looking to the teacher to teach them. Who is your standard? Under a teacher's tutelage, you will be trained to see, to teach as your teacher. Jesus knew this. This is the reason he was setting this example up with dealing with the disciples. Under a teacher, you are, under a teacher's tutelage, you are trained to see as the teacher sees. Beloved, under God's, uh, um, under his grace and his provision, do we see as God sees? Do we move as God moves? Do we respond as God would respond? Who is your standard? <laughs> Look, I'm a, I promise you, you ain't going to. Oh, right now, it, it, it's not, they, they don't even really squabble anymore, right? You know, they, they, they either text, tweet, or, or they go get the tool now, right? Right? But as a believer, that's the world. But as a believer, when you're driving and that truck cuts you off, who is your standard? You're like, Rev, look, man, come on, that's too much. No. <laughs> who is your standard? The, the, the student or the disciple looks to the teacher as the servant looks to the master. Okay? Let's look at verse 25. It says... It says, um, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. It is enough. That, that is the goal for the disciple to become just like the teacher. It is enough when they reach that accomplishment. It is enough. It is enough. Your goals, the, the aspirations that God has placed on your heart, the things that you are praying for, the things that right now you do not know how they will work out. It is enough to see when those things happen and manifest. Do you hear me? Well, let's check out the next sentence. It says, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master 
if they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much will they call those of his household? Let me put it right here. Their labels is not your identity. Their label is not your identity. I'll say it one more time. Their label is not your identity. It does not matter what you have done in the past. It does not matter who family you have been born into. It does not matter what you look like. It does not matter their perspective of you. Their label is not your identity. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? Because y'all looking at me like I'm still trying to figure out where you're going. I'm, I'm a country boy. And one of the things when I was younger, right, I, I used to love to have a magnifying glass and an inchworm. <laughs> y'all that are not from the country, y'all wouldn't understand that. But get a magnifying glass and an inchworm. <laughs> okay, anyhow. So, 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 so what I used to do is this, right? I used to examine, okay, yeah, I used to examine the, the inchworm, right? And I would notice how slow the inchworm will move. It moves very, very slow. Despite what the label they place on you, that's not your identity. But you have to be cognizant of the people that you keep around you. say something to you. Be cognizant of the people that you keep around you. Why? Because association is critical. Association is critical. Put them together. Just like that inchworm moves very, very slow. Depending on the character of the people that you surround yourself with, depending on the character of or, or the identity of the people that you surround yourself with, you will not recognize that you have taken it on because it moves very, very slow. Association is critical. That's the reason you have to know who you are. Just as in the example that Jesus is teaching them, what you have in, in, in Matthew chapter 10 is Jesus compelling them out to go and be his witnesses. And he knows that they are about to come upon persecution. Hear me now. Rock with me. And in the midst of this, he's trying to prepare them and prepare their mind for what they are Jesus is calling you to wherever you are, to your dorm rooms, college campuses, to your business um, conferences, to, to being parents. It, 
doesn't matter where you are. God is calling you to go there and be his representative. But while you are there, you will be met with persecution. Oh, persecution is a little harsh, so I'll say you will be met with objection, confrontation. You will be met with people that do not think and do not agree with who and what you stand for. Dear fear, opinion of man, what do you do? Beloved, what do you do? So, 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 so what happens here is, he says, they said, Jesus is teaching them that just as they have called the master of the house, Beelzebub. Beelzebub is an idol, right? Beelzebub is an idol. He is the, the god of Quran, okay? And to have an idol is to con- be considered devil worshiping, okay? So he said, Jesus says, so look, it is enough for the 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 student to become the teacher. It is enough for the disciple to become the teacher. And when you achieve this goal, do not be taken back when they say what you have done is wrong. What you stand for is wrong. Your viewpoint is wrong. There's no record of Jesus actually being called Beelzebub, but there is record where they questioned him when he did the miracle on the Sabbath. They did question him when he was caught talking to the sinners. When you are going after God, when you are chasing after God, when you are giving God your all, when you are surrendering, And you're saying, I will not allow man to be my God. I will not allow the opinion of man to dictate what I do, what I don't do, what I can do. Then you put correctively God in his right perspective, in his right place. You dethrone the idols of your heart and you allow God. Let me, let me, let me, let me, before I do this, this next section, I I, want to throw this in here, okay? And that is that there's two types of fear, all right? There's two types of fear. Notice I said that the first fear, I said the fear shapes the spectrum of your living, right? Right? Amen? Y'all still awake? All right, cool, let's go. So the first type of fear is to be afraid. Okay, that's what we've been talking the whole 10 minutes. (laughs) Right? But there is a second type of fear. There is a second type of fear. But let's look at it real quick. In verse 20, 
sins. He says, therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. There's two types of fear. There's the fear of man, literally. And the, the Hebraic word for fear is, is Ari, okay? It's It means fear, but the definition means to be afraid. And the second one means to be in awe of. To be afraid and to be in awe of. Remember, when I started, I said fear shapes the spectrum of your living. So right here, let me ask you before I get to this last, this last verse. Which fear do you operate from? Do you operate from the fear of man and fear of what they can do, what they can't do? Or do you operate from the fear of, look, I understand I'm in this process, but this process is a majestic process. Why is it a majestic process? It's because God is with me. Do you hear me, beloved? Which fear do you operate from? When you're dealing with life, which fear do you operate from? Do you operate from the fear of making sure that you're on point so nobody can say anything about you? Or do you operate from the fear, man, I know who I am, and even if I wear mismatched colors, yo, this is me. Do you operate from, look, I don't have that much education, so I can't apply for that job? Or do you operate from the fear of knowing that God is God and that he has favor upon you and it does not matter, God will open the door that you need to go through? Which fear do you operate from? So he says, listen, the student isn't greater than the teacher. The servant isn't greater than the master. But it is enough that when that happens, that they may come against you and say things that are offensive. But therefore, do not worry about what they say. Why? Because God said it. That's where you're supposed to say amen. No, I'll just mess with you. But because God said it. But I'm grateful that God will not only just say something and just leave you hanging like some of us. Yeah, I'm going to get there. But they don't tell you how to get there. They don't give you any instructions. There's no detail with it. God did not leave us with that. He did not leave the disciples taking them from a situation of comfort because they are under his tutelage and then just throwing them out to the wolves because he said that he's sending them out as sheep to the wolves. That's chapter 10. But he says, look, therefore do not be afraid of them. Why? Because he says, look, the 
opinion cannot trump truth. Y'all got to wake up. Y'all got to wake up. Y'all got to wake up. Opinion cannot trump truth. What am I saying? But love, man, I feel something. Yeah, I'm going to try to wrap this up. But look, but love, when God has spoken something about you, When God has prophesied something over you, when God has placed something in your heart, you have written it down and then people have come and confirmed it and you find it in scripture and he gives you encouragement. Guess what? Opinion cannot trump truth. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you because God is pushing us out to be his representatives. And we cannot afford to live subpar. We cannot afford to live subpar. So an opinion does not trump truth in verse 26, but check this out. There was always something they they told me to never argue with a fool. Some of y'all understand why. To never argue with a fool because from a distance, you you can't tell which is who is who. (laughs) Somebody just got it. (laughs) So what am I saying? Why wrestle with trying to prove yourself when God will reveal the truth at the end? That's where you're supposed to celebrate. Because God has already told you things. God has already placed it in your heart. God has already declared it in his word. He said that you are the victor. Period. So why wrestle with people that want to debate whether or not you can actually become victorious in the areas that he's already said you win? Say it again, and I want you to repeat with me. He desires us to remain. Why? Because in verse 26, this is going to be hostile. He understands that where you're going is hostile. remain focused and faithful 
of man cannot be our God. But on the other side, there's this. If you don't mind, close your eyes. If you don't mind, close your eyes. I want to paint there's anyone under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I would ask, raise your hand. If you desire for Christ to be your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. I see your hand. request is this. Everyone keep your eyes closed. If you know that you are struggling with the fear of man, and you desire prayer, raise your hand. Those two that have, those people that have raised their hand, if you don't mind, come down and let's pray. Those that have raised their hand, if you don't mind, come down and let's pray. If you desire Christ to be your Lord and Savior, come. If you desire prayer over the fear of man, come. And I'm going to add a third one. If you desire to be a part of a local body. Body of Christ is a great place because I come from here. If you desire to be a part of a local body, come down. Come. Those three requests, if you desire to allow Christ to be your Lord and Savior, come to accept him, come. If you need prayer over just the opinion of man and just releasing the chains that people have placed upon you, the labels that they have placed upon you, come. And if you need a local body, come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for this teaching moment because you strategically placed us here to hear exactly what you are calling us to do. And Father, your children that have responded to your call because they have moved, they have truly activated their faith. And we simply now join in with them, Lord. That those that are moving and asking that you to be their Lord and Savior, God, we ask now that they will now begin to commune with you, begin to pray with you, and ask for forgiveness for all the sins that they have committed. But they truly focus in on allowing you to be their Lord, allowing you to give them guidance, allowing you to come and commune and talk and guide them. And Father, we pray for those that are asking for prayer over the opinion of man. God, they are not our gods. 
They do not have the right to dictate what goes on in our lives. God, you do. And we're strategically placing people in our lives to give us godly counsel. We move. I ask now, God, that as we are praying together, that you open up their minds, open up their hearts. Show them who you have called them to be. Allow them to see them themselves as you see them. And give them the confidence to walk in your way. And even those that responded to BOCC being their church home, Lord, we ask that when they join, that, Father, that they will find a, a vibrancy that they never had before, a thirst that they never had before. And that they'll get plugged in and help build the kingdom that you have commissioned body of Christ to do in this community. Lord, we love you. We honor you. And we're so grateful that the label that people place on us is not our identity. We thank you, God, that you are our measuring stick. The Holy Scriptures is our measuring stick. And because of that, we do not have to fear man's opinion. Father, we love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beloved, before you move, don't move, don't move. Those that have asked God, asked Christ to be their Lord and Savior, receive a deacon. See them afterwards. Plug in. See them afterwards. Okay? I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you. This family here is so right. It's so important. You're not by yourself. You don't have to do this on your own. This family and those people that came and prayed and asked for prayer about dealing with man's opinion, understand what God has said about you. <laughs> understand what God has said about you. I'll say this and I will take my seat. And this is for everybody. The Amago Day is the image of God.